Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm your host, David. And as always, we are brought to you by our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS, and also Lingo Eyewear. If you're in need of great prescription glasses or prescription sunglasses, don't think any longer. Go to LingoEyewear.com. That's L-I-I-N-G-O, Eyewear.com, and use backslash Light the Fight. It'll take you straight to our page. And then if you put in the code word, Light the Fight, for, the, um, for a discount, you can get $30 off your very first order. So go to lingoeyewear.com backslash light the fight and use code word light the fight. So today's episode, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. In fact, we have an announcement coming up soon um, and we're going to be making some changes here at Light the Fight. And I think some changes that are just, just overdue. Some, some things that I've been wanting to do for a long time, listening to a lot of you guys telling us about things you like things you don't like, and everything evolves over time. So today we're going to be starting one of those changes, but there's going to be some bigger changes in the aesthetics of the studio and everything around me they are going to be seeing just really soon in the next week or two here. But for now, we're going to introduce a new segment. Now, I'm not sure exactly how often we're going to do this segment, but this segment has come highly requested. Uh, well, throughout the years, I used to do... Okay, in my therapy and counseling... I kind of do it like a game show sometimes. I kind of feel like a game show host, especially when I'm working with couples. And when I'm talking about different types of subjects, um, some funny conversations come up. And one conversation that's come up a lot is I've had a request from many, 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 many wives ask me, David, does my husband want me to be mad at him? Is my husband trying to not be intimate or have sex with me? Does my husband want me to like be just a hundred miles away from him constantly? And the reason why they usually ask me this is there's a lot of sarcasm in there, but it's usually along the lines of he knows I don't like this. I've talked to him about X, Y, and Z all the time, and he still continues to do it. And then when I remind him or I tell him then he gets angry, upset, or he plays dumb, like, oh, what? I didn't know that. And then the wife usually says like, oh, really? So after the 20 years we've been married, you didn't know that that always pisses me off and I always remind you and you always forget about it. So in this new segment that I'm going to be introducing, it's something that I came up a long time with as like kind of a joke with uh, some moms I was counseling with, but uh, I decided to make it an actual part of our podcast. And for me, if I'm going to be making changes to Light the Fight podcast, it's got to be fun. Not only do I not like talking about deep, heavy stuff all day, every day, I don't like getting on the podcast and only talking about deep, heavy stuff every single day. So from now on, I'm going to try to add a little bit of my own personality and humor and make it some extra fun. And this one is just that. It's extra fun, in my opinion. And because it's an inside joke of many of the, the wives I've counseled throughout the years, I'm going to announce it and, and bring it into the podcast here today. 
and it's called How to Not Win Husband of the Year Award. So for all you guys out there listening to this, and if you're not an avid listener in Light the Fight, I have a feeling you may get a reel or a little clip of this sent to you from your significant other. But the joke was, you know, a lot of moms would say like, is my husband like trying to not win husband of the year award? I mean, I know he's not going to win it, but it's kind of a joke now. It's like almost seems like he's trying to take dead last place. So often a mom would say like, you know, am I the only one that complains about this with their husbands? Are there other people? And I would say, absolutely, this is because I've never heard a mom complain about something that I didn't hear other moms also complain about. So as we joke around, like, yeah, it looks like your husband's not winning a husband of the year award. Um, we'd come up with a, a, a list of things that I would see as a common factor between a lot of husbands who weren't really connecting with their wives and AKA weren't about to win husband of the year award. And so what I decided to do for today's segment is I was going to pick five of these things that have been pretty common throughout the years. I'm going to bring them up with you guys here on the episode so that you are aware what to do if you don't want to win Husband of the Year Award. The joke is you only get better at what you practice. So if you practice doing all the things your wife doesn't like, not only are you not going to get Husband of the Year Award, there's going to be a lot of things you're not going to get. Wink, wink, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, I know my m mature adults that are listening to this podcast, been married for a long time, are going to pick up on what I'm saying. And one of those things is intimacy. I've been doing this thing a long time with husbands and wives. Never met a wife that's like, oh my gosh, every time my husband does these five things I'm about to list, I get so turned on. I'm so excited. I want to spend some alone time with him. I want to, you know, have a romantic evening or wear some lingerie or something like that. Nope, never had, never once heard a wife say that that's what she wanted to do after her husband exhibited a high level of these next five things. And also too, even outside the intimacy thing, I've never heard a wife say, you know, I want to give my husband the benefit of the doubt, even though he's acting like an idiot, even though he made a mistake, he's been getting so much better, making so much progress in this area that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. No, I don't think a lot of wives want to do that for their husbands if they continue to do these five things I'm about the list off right now. So without further ado, let's jump into the five things you need to do if you don't want to win Husband of the Year Award. First one, come home from being gone for any you know, uh, um, length of time, like just being gone for a little while. And, but when you come home, immediately start commenting on all the things that annoy you in the house. Counters not cleaned up, dishes over there, the lawn wasn't mowed, um, people laying around on their phone, uh, clothes laying, you know, um, on the floor of the laundry room instead of in the actual, uh, um, inside of the machines. These are things that when you come home right away and you start picking out and saying all the things that annoy you and all the things you don't like, you will not win husband of the year. Why is that? Because nobody likes the first interaction with them to be criticism. Even if you as a husband listening to this and you're out there thinking, well, I'm tired of it. I've said it over and over and over again and no one ever pays attention. Well, let me give you a little hint. By saying it 10 more times, if people haven't been paying attention to it past months or years, maybe it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. So that's the first one. Do not come home after you've been gone for a while and start 
pointing out all the things you don't like and all the things that annoy you. Number two, make sarcastic comments as a way to let out frustrations at your wife and your kids to let them know you're agitated with them. Now, I've talked about this on other podcasts before. Sarcasm is a very, very sticky situation, very dangerous because a lot of times when people use humor, it's supposed to make people laugh. It's supposed to make people think. But when you're using sarcasm with your family members and loved ones, most of the time it's laced with a lot of passive aggressive energy. It's a lot of guys, they come to me and they say, well, yeah, I'm sarcastic with my family because, you know, I can't beat them like my parents beat me. I'm like, okay, at least you're aware of that, that you can't beat them and you definitely should not beat them. It's against the law for a reason. But then I hear other things like, well, you know, you know, I'm also just tired of them acting this way and doing all these things. So because I can't tell them how I really feel that I'm angry at them, disappointed them, I don't like the style of their clothes that are wearing. I don't like their behavior. I don't like their social media use. I'm going to be sarcastic, poke at them and make fun of them about something that irritates them, that triggers them, that gets their goat as my way of venting my frustrations and my un, my inability to control what I want them to do or be or act or behave. Since I can't control those things, I'm going to make these sarcastic remarks because I get some sort of little bit of like shade and Freud, like little pleasure in making them feeling uncomfortable. That's number two. If you don't want to be dad of the year award, make sure you do number two because sarcasm is one of the biggest cancers for every family because once a dad or anyone, but in this case, once a dad is sarcastic with his kids or his wife, if they get upset, if they get frustrated, if they say they don't like it, he can always just say, hey, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. You can't take a joke. Now, mind you, usually these dads are the same people that other people cannot joke with them. They're usually the person who likes to do all the joking, but they don't usually handle sarcasm all that well themselves. So that's number two. Number three, ask a bunch of questions as if your family members, wife and children are on trial and make them explain every single detail they did throughout the day. And they have to do it in a way that appeases you. So they can't just tell you that they hung out with their friends. They have to tell you that they hung out with their friends. And then before they hang out with their friends, they did their chores, they clean up the room and they did all these things. They have to give you all these details. When you start questioning people as your first line of communication, right when you walk in the door, you put them on defense. You make people wondering, why is he asking me all these questions? What's going on? Especially if you just lead, if you just followed it up, if you just were giving them a bunch of sarcastic comments about their hair, their dress or something about their life that you don't like. And then you start asking them a bunch of questions on top of it. That is definitely going to be a deal breaker for that moment. When I say deal breaker, you're not going to be able to motivate and influence these kids pretty much at all at that particular time. Next one. Number four, don't communicate with your family when you get home and that you've had a bad or stressful day. If you want to lose any opportunity of being father of the year, let me give you this little quick hint. Soon as you get home and you did those first three things, don't communicate whatsoever about your mood, your attitude, and your struggles throughout the day. Because if you had a really bad day, a stressful day, or if you're tired and you don't communicate any of those things, you are going to convey to your loved ones 
that you're pissed off at them, you're angry at them. They're going to get this energy and this vibe that you're hypercritical, you're agitated, and you're looking for something, and they're going to have to be very cautious and careful around you. When you have a bad day, when you've been stressed, when you've been tired, and you come home and you set the record straight up front, say, listen, just so anyone, just give you guys a heads up, not that it's an excuse, but if I seem extra irritated, agitated, this, and that, and the other, I had a rough day at work. I don't mean to just, you know, if I get a little upset with you, whatever, just, you know, just ignore me or just tell me, hey, dad, okay, we got it. And just calm down a little bit because I've had a really bad day. It has not gone the way I want it to. Share a little bit of information about why you've had a bad day, some stress, some struggles. Then what happens is if you give them that information, A, they know, oh, they're not your main issue. Because if your kids, your wife make you upset or irritated and you snap on them, you're giving them all the energy and angst and anger and frustration from your day. But they're the only person that they see in the room. They don't know that you had those things going on. So in their mind, they're like, wow, if I had this one misstep, if I had this one issue and I'm getting my head ripped off or I feel like he's attacking me because of this, what do you think he's going to do if I really make a, a, a mistake or I have a problem? So what you'd be teaching your kids and your, your spouse unknowingly is how to hide information from you. If you're one of those dads that want people to be honest with you, um, want the, them to trust you and want to share important information so you can get ahead of things and, and handle problems before they get out of control, then you don't want to do that. You don't want to just not give people information about where you're coming from because when you're stressed and frustrated, they could easily take it personal. They could feel like they're on, you know, they're on hot, they're in hot water with you. And if they say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, that you're going to be super pissed off at them and they're going to try to avoid you and disconnect from you. That's not what you want. Now, number five, last but not least, is you definitely don't want to come, well, if you do want to do this, if you don't want to get dad or father of the year award. Disconnect and don't engage with your family when you get home. Zone out. If you tell yourself that you need break, a break from the chaos and the stress, so let's say you have a wife that she's been dealing with the stress all day long, you come home, you had that stressful day we just talked about, and in your mind you say, you know what, I don't want to hear from the kids, I want to hear from my wife, I don't want to hear their stress, their struggles, I can't handle one more thing. Well, that right there is setting you up for complete devastation when it comes from having influence over your family, being able to stay connected to them, and also making them feel like they're important and that their issues are so important that you're willing to hold off on your stress and your, um, your relaxation and all those other things until you get them settled in, until you've checked in with them. It's great advice, in my opinion. If you're one of those dads that likes to come home and instantly just, just be left alone and disconnect, you should challenge that theory by a couple minutes of engagement before you disconnect. Because what dads will figure out is if you just run away from your family, if you disconnect from them, you go veg on your phone and you want to be left alone and you don't give them a little bit of what they want, a little bit of attention, check in with them, see if there's anything that you need and then let them know, hey, for the next hour, I'm going to be in my room, just relaxing, chilling. So if you need anything, ask me now. If they come and interrupt you during that time when you've already told them 
and you've already answered some of their questions, get, you know, got them a couple things they might've needed say, okay, that's it. Now I'm going to go chill out for a while. So don't come interrupt me. If you do, you know, I may not be that quick to help you. If you do that, you communicate to them that when they come to you, that you're offline, that you're, you're, you know, you're on some downtime. If you don't communicate to them, you're going to assume that because you ignored them and you just came home really grumpy and angry and slamming things you left alone, you're trying to push them away from you and you're trying to create a separation so that they don't come and talk to you. But what happens if they need to talk to you about something? Now they're walking in the door like, I'm sorry to bother you. I don't know. And now you're getting like a very suspicious, unsure of themselves type of approach. A lot of dads will see their kids come in and like acting like that. And they'll be like, what's wrong? What happened? Kids like, well, I was wondering, I don't want you to be mad. Okay, what happened? No, you can't go do this. When someone approaches you very scared and very timid and very shy, it looks like they're guilty of something. It looks like that they are asking something of you where they're like a peasant. They're like, please, master. Could I please have a, a, please, governor, could I please have some crumbs and some tea and crumpets? Whenever someone comes to you like you're this high position and they're down here, you're getting a very guarded version of what they're trying to talk to you about. Or let's say you don't have one of those kids or one of your kids doesn't care if you've had a bad day, long day. They just come in like, dad, 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 we need this, we need that. They start freaking out and they're like, can't you see I'm trying to rest and relax? And in their mind, they're like, well, you didn't have a sign up saying that we couldn't come talk to you. And in your mind, like, well, I thought I made it totally obvious because I was irritable in a bad mood. Well, that's not obvious. Your kids still need something from you. Your partner still needs something from you. So those are the five things that in all seriousness, you don't want to do. So just go through them really quick. You don't want to come home after being gone for a while and start picking out all the things and comment all the things that annoy you. You don't all, also, you don't want to come home and start making a bunch of sarcastic comments because the difference between light humor and sarcasm is sarcasm stings more. Sarcasm is a little bit more personal with your family members. And the light humor is you're trying to make them be in a better mood instead of taking jokes at them or a little passive aggressive attacks at them. Number three, asking a bunch of questions as soon as you come home just to get them to give you all their information so that you can sit back there. They're on trial. Now they have to tell you everything they did. And then you get to determine whether that was good enough or not. Number four, don't communicate with family about your mood or your day. If you want to have problems going on, make sure that you don't let them know that you have feelings, you have struggles, you have things that you're going through as well. Because if you did do that, they would take it less personally. They would probably respond with, hey, it's all right, you know, this can wait till later. You know, it's okay, I, I see you have a bad day. You know, I was going to ask you something, but you know, we can deal with that tomorrow, no big deal. Number five, disconnect and disengage as soon as you get home. Instead of communicating like the other one, number four, about where you're at, just pull away from them entirely. If they come to ask you questions, get irritated, get frustrated, feels as if they're bothersome or, you know, or cause them to feel like they have like interrupted you and they've caused your day to be that much worse all because they just had a sincere question. If you avoid those five things, you got a shot to be dad of the year, father of the year. If you engage in all five of those things, and if you're a guy listening to this right now, or if your wife listening to this right now and you want to share this to your husband and you think that this might be something you could learn from, Know that I'm not telling you this because I'm trying to judge you or criticize you for being a bad dad. I'm telling you this because I've made all these mistakes too. The men that I've talked to, 
that have made these patterns a part of their day-to-day life, trust me, they came and saw me quite a bit. It took them a little while to turn this around. But if you can catch this, if you can recognize that these are things you're doing and try to do differently, try to do what you'd want someone else to do to you when you first came home, then you'll see that these little acknowledgements of like, man, if this is what pisses people off, disconnects them from me, makes them feel like I don't care about them or that their faults or failures are very personal to me and that their all their mistakes were done personally to hurt my feelings, well, then it's going to be really hard to have influence over the people that you want to have influence over. It's going to be hard for them to open up and talk to you, to be honest and open with you about the things that are difficult in their life. And at the end of the day, it's going to be really hard to run a great family business and you sure as heck ain't going to get dad of the year award. So as always, thank you for visiting Light the Fight. Thank you for paying close attention to what we do and for sharing our podcast. And as always, thank you for helping us.